Well, hi everyone. Happy Easter. Trust you're having a really good weekend, however you are celebrating this Easter Sunday, whether that be with friends, family, with housemates, and all the different ways that we've managed to learn how to celebrate things over the past year. I just hope you're having a really good weekend. Happy Easter. And as we start, I want you to cast your mind back to to 10 years ago. What were you doing 10 years ago? Maybe you were at school or maybe you were at university. Maybe it was before you had kids or before you were married. Because 10 and a half years ago, actually a story came out of the San Atacama Desert where 33 miners were stuck underground, hundreds and hundreds of meters underground, and the world's media and their families watched on as as this rescue mission tried to happen. Now, for the first couple of weeks, actually, they were just rationing their own food, their own tins of tuna, before they managed to drill a hole down to be able to, like, get more supplies down to them. And then 50 days later after that, they managed to do this massive capsule which, which could actually get one person in at a time, hundreds and hundreds of meters down, which then one by one, as the world watched, actually each of the miners came out to their loved ones, to their families, to their friends. And today, as we celebrate Christ's resurrection, and today we're gonna to be looking at what it means to be raised with Christ. I just want you to have that, that image in your mind, that image of, of, those, of those miners as they were raised up onto ground and actually the the feelings that they would have experienced and and the difference it would have been for them from where they were to where they are now we're going to be spending a little bit of time in the book of colossians in paul's letter to the colossians and if you're not a christian here today i'm just eager to to let you know actually what it means to be raised with christ because As Christians, I think we're probably quite good, actually, at saying what the great news of Jesus' death and resurrection means for for our past. Actually, I think we're probably pretty good at explaining and communicating it with, uh, with those who aren't Christians and those other believers. Actually, how it means that uh, you know, our sins are gone. They're as as gone as far as the east is from the west. You know, our forgiveness has been won. And actually our past has gone, the slate is wiped clean. I think we're probably quite good at at sharing that really great news. And I hope that, you know, even if you haven't heard it in those words, I think you probably, if you're not a Christian, you've probably heard it voiced in some sort of way. I think we're quite good at that. I also think we're probably quite good at how we communicate the great news that it means for our future as well. What it means for us in terms of, looking forward the hope that we have for the future and what it means that that actually we're going, there's going to be a day where there's no more sin there's no more shame there's no more sickness no sadness that actually there's going to be a day coming where actually I won't be face to face with my struggles I'm going to be face to face with my king Jesus and he's going to look at me and he's going to say well done my son well done my boy come on in and to be honest I think we're probably quite good at communicating both what it means for our past and and what it means for our future again be that with with those who don't believe yet and and those who do what i think we're probably less good at and what is probably more the forgotten news is what it means for our present what it means for our our day-to-day experience and what actually that jesus death and resurrection means for us in terms of of how we live 
day after day and week by week. And to do this, I just want to have a look at three verses. So the Apostle Paul writes his letter to the Colossians. Chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. And this is going to hopefully give us a better understanding of what Jesus' resurrection means for us in terms of the day today and what Jesus rising from the dead means for us in our present reality. So read with me, Colossians 3, 1 to 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And as we look through these verses, I've split them into, just split the verses into four little sections for us to go through. So if you've got your Bible open, it'd be really helpful if you kept it open, just as we dwell on these verses and actually look at what it means for us. So to start with, firstly, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Okay, first and foremost, the word since, yeah, it's not if, there's an assumption that actually Jesus was raised to life and that you too have been raised with him and so as believers we are also raised with him and and in order for us to be raised with him we also have to die with him as well that would that would make logical sense as well so in the previous chapter in Colossians 2 Paul actually talks about how we how we died to our old self you might think well okay what does that mean well Paul actually explains it a little bit more in uh, in Ephesians He says this, he puts it like this, he says, put off your old self, your old way of life, your former way of doing things. It's almost like dying to the past, getting rid of it. Those things that you used to do, those things you used to think, whether those things are are things which you you know would actually offend an infinitely holy God or, or whether it's just your own thinking and actually how you probably thought you could you could earn your own way to God by your own merit. And actually, it's, there's a sense of us putting off the old. But, you know, God doesn't actually leave it there. He doesn't just say, you know, just, just put, the old, put the old off and just, and just leave it. He actually says, um, and Paul carries on, he says, put on your new self, created to be like God. Created to be like God. It makes me think, actually, of, you know, of Genesis. It makes me think of what it would have been like for Adam and Eve to be walking with God in the cool of the day, to be uh, reflecting his characteristics of love and compassion and patience and kindness. It makes me wonder about how Adam and Eve would have related to each other in those moments as well. And, and actually, that glory, those glorious moments before sin entered the world of how they related to God and how they related to each other this little glimpse of what it would be to to be like God to be fully you know to be in his image and yet God is saying to us now that as we are raised with Christ we can have constant access to the presence of God and that we can reflect in part and in increasing measure those characteristics of God which which we so so love to to spend our time dwelling on and it's not that we that we never mess up it's not that you know we're, we're still human after all but actually you know and, and we still live in this world 
but we don't assume the identity of our old life. When you think about those, those Chilean miners, when they, when they came up onto ground, they didn't just be like, right, okay, everyone, let's just gather together in our little huddle, in our little 33, let's get into the closest knit space we can together, let's start rationing our tins of tuna again. No, that, that old life had gone. Their identity was, you know, that they were back, they were back on ground and, you know, they lived in the freedom of that. And sometimes, actually, we just need to take a good look in the mirror sometimes and just say, actually, my identity is in Christ. I'm, I'm raised with Christ. I'm a child of God. Actually, those things which, that old way of thinking, that old way of doing things, that's not who I am anymore. And by God's spirit, he will, he will strengthen you in your walk to do that. You've got to remember that actually it wasn't that, that you raised yourself to life at all. When you think about, again, those, those miners, they couldn't, they couldn't force their way out. Actually, someone had to drill a hole down to them. And in the same way, Jesus has, has dr- drilled a hole down to us. He's made a way for us and he's raised us to life. It's not in our own strength. It's something that he's done. And so, so how are we as Christians to respond to this, this knowledge that we are raised with Christ? Well, we should have as much desire for the world and for, for our former way of doing things as actually as those Chilean miners would have had for being back deep underground with, with no hope of rescue, with no, you know, with no food around them either. Okay, we should have had as much desire for the world as that. Paul says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He talks later about these heavenly things being, you know, in terms of compassion and kindness, humility. But it's clear that the basis of all these things is actually our hearts being set on Jesus. Jesus who is seated at the right hand of God, it says in Psalm 110. Jesus who is seated at God's right hand and is interceding on our behalf. He's speaking to the Father on our behalf and and as we're raised with Christ we we're to set our hearts on him to set our hearts on on the things above where where he is and actually where our citizenship already is and we're to align ourselves with the king Jesus who who is above all rule and authority all power and dominion and actually we lift our hearts to that place we have a relationship with the exalted God the exalted Christ at God's right hand. So as Christians, we choose to pursue that relationship. We choose to pursue that above all else, to set our hearts upon that. We meditate on these things. We dwell on the things above. It does our hearts so much good to think about um, different, different Bible verses. So like Psalm 97 says, For you, Lord, are the most high above all all the earth you are exalted far above all gods psalm 146 the lord reigns forever your god o zion for all generations and yet the promise that jesus himself said in john 14 was this he said my father's house has many rooms were it not so would i have told you that i'm going to prepare a place for you now we don't really know what heaven's going to look like we don't really know what our eternity with Jesus is going to look like what we do know actually is that 
It's where the exalted, crucified Christ is and where our citizenship already is. We already have the full rights of citizenship in that place. And as we bring our hearts to that place and we allow our minds to consider more and more about the character of Jesus that we read in the Gospels, about this great combination of, of his strength and his power and his love and his compassion as well, as we set our hearts to that place, we also bring our minds in play as well. Paul carries on and says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. I find it interesting that, that he said, set your hearts on things above. And then he said, set your minds on things above as well. Like he could have easily just put them together. And so there's a sense that actually as we set our hearts to that place, that our hearts are, are where other things will follow. And so our hearts go there, but then we also will have to make some decisions with our, with our minds as well. And so what does it mean? Well, it leads to a life where actually as Christians, our decisions are based on, on what God would want for this situation, on what we feel that Jesus would do, where we feel the Spirit is leading us. As, as Christians, our aims, our ambitions, our outlook should be centred on the heavenly realm rather than just on, on what we would want to do. So it would be that decisions of employment, of courses to study, of, of where to live or, or who to live with of what we do with our leisure time, the, the way we conduct ourselves in conversations, it's all done with this outlook of actually having our minds set on things above, things above where, where Christ is. By having our minds thinking about God's overall purposes for, for our world and for this world, actually our decisions will come out of that. It's not about having your head in the clouds because, well, to be honest, Paul talks later on about very practically about what it means for husbands and wives and employers and employees. He wouldn't do that if it was just about having our heads in the clouds. It's very real, very practical, but it's a, it's a case of having our mindset focused on Christ in those situations as we engage with our world around us. And it's putting off our old self not, not dwelling on, you know, okay, what our friends might be doing, what, what our life might have looked like if, if we just carried on doing things our own way, but actually setting our hearts and our minds on things above and on Jesus Christ. And we finish with this final phrase, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. This is so great. Our lives are now hidden with Christ. What a safe place to be, what a secure place to be, what a, what a concealed and, and, and secure place it is to be. And so the question is, how do we, how do we live in the good of that? How do we live in the good of that, that it's not just a, about getting rid of our past, it's not just about the future hope, it's about the here and now, and about us being hidden in Christ here and now. Now, I don't know if you've heard, but... Um, there's an activity called bubble football, which uh, is a huge win for stag do's and, and lads on, you know, day trips and stuff like that. And basically what happens is you're, you're immersed, you're playing football on a little five-a-side pitch, but you're immersed 
in this inflatable bubble around the top half of you. And so you're trying to play football, you're trying to like kick the goal, kick the ball in the goal and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden someone will just plow into the side of you and you'll either go toppling head over heels that way or you'll just hammer into someone else, okay? So, I mean, you can imagine it's pretty much complete carnage. Now, if you'll imagine what it would be like if, if I carried on wearing my bubble football outfit. I mean, I kind of, I thought about wearing it today. I thought about hiring one, but I thought the novelty would wear off very quickly as I tried to get it on and off in the time that I've got for this talk. Um, so if, if you can imagine what it would be like if I just carried on wearing this thing for 24 hours, for 48 hours, you, you could think, okay, well, okay, how am I gonna, how am I gonna drive? How am I gonna get in the house? How am I gonna, how am I gonna sit down and, and eat my, tea how am I going to pick up my kids all of a sudden like everything around me I'm going to relate to through this perspective of being in this bubble football okay it would be ridiculous but hopefully you get the idea now friends as we think about being hidden in Christ it's, it's a similar sort of thing actually to be honest that actually everything and how we relate to reality should be hidden in Christ and it should be, everything we see should be from his perspective, through the lens of Christ. How I relate to my kids should be through his perspective. How I drive should be from, through his perspective. How I relate to those around me, if I'm going on a walk with some friends, if I'm, um, you know, whatever I'm doing at home, at work, everything should be with this perspective that actually I'm hidden in Christ. And you can imagine that what it would be like if, if I was stood here, you wouldn't, you wouldn't fail to notice, right, that I, was, that I was in a bubble football outfit. And I feel like our friends and those around us shouldn't fail to notice that we are hidden in Christ, that actually they see less of us and more of him. Now, I don't know, you know, if you're, whether you're a Christian or not, actually, you, you might know people who you, you look at them and you spend time with them and they kind of, they make you feel like you're spending time with Jesus himself. Yeah, there's different characteristics of them where you think, oh, that is what Jesus is like. And that'd be, you know, wherever you are on your journey of faith, I hope that you know people like that. Because actually, as you, if you were to look at me as a, you know, in my bubble football outfit, you would see less of me and more of this massive bubble. And as we're hidden in Christ, those around us should see less of us and more of him. So, okay, what does this mean in, what does this mean in practice? Like, what, does it actually, what does it actually look like from a day-to-day -day basis? Now, I feel like I'm on a bit of a, a, bit of a journey with it myself. Like, since um, there's a guy, Stu Allred, who uh, is a leader of a church in Exeter, and he came and spoke on one of our commission leaders' training days that we've been doing. And he shared about this whole thing, and I feel like I've been on a bit of a journey um, around it, about how you, you know, see things through the lens of the perspective of Jesus and that might be that actually I look at my week and I think how does this look like through the through the lens through the perspective of Jesus how does this look in Jesus eyes it might be that as I'm going out for a walk or if I'm spending time with my kids I think okay what would Jesus have me say in this moment where would what would Jesus have me do in this moment it's not just about saying it you know sometimes it's about our actions i mean i think personally to be honest like 
I feel challenged really about about how I deal with rest and what we might call the the Sabbath and stuff like that. And I feel like, okay, well, how do I do this whole resting thing from the perspective of Jesus and being hidden in Christ? But I've also got my young family as well. And I think I'm just trying to explore different ways of, okay, well, turning off WhatsApp notifications, limiting social media, stuff like that. Just different ways. And my hope is that the more that I do these things, the more I feel myself feeling immersed and hidden in actually the life of Jesus. And, and, and I hope, and I hope my desire is that as we look at things, and maybe you feel challenged about these things as well, that actually those people around us would feel challenged and would look at us and actually see more of Jesus and less of us would look at us and they wouldn't fail to notice actually that we are hidden in Christ. Because coming back to where we originally started, this news, this news of this Easter Sunday, this, this resurrection news that we've been talking about is great news for our past. It is such great news for our past. It is also such great news for our future. And we cannot forget that it is such great news for our present reality of how we live day after day. Because for those Chilean miners... From that day, the old was gone. They, they were changed from that moment. And, may, and maybe, maybe you're not a Christian at the moment. Maybe you can, almost like those Chilean miners, you can see the capsule in front of you and you're, you're thinking, okay, well, there's an invitation here. There's an offer here. Do I go for it? Do I not? Can I, can I encourage you to go for it, to, to reach out, to step out with faith, to accept Jesus' invitation, to accept everything that we've been speaking about today and celebrating today, to in your own heart accept, accept what Jesus has done for yourself, to start a relationship with your Heavenly Father. Let me just pray for us as we finish. Lord Jesus, thank you for what your resurrection means for our past and our future, but thank you what it means for our present. Thank you that we have been raised with you and help us to live in the good of that. I pray for anybody watching this who might not know you at the moment, would you reveal yourself to them, even in these moments? Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are always so good to us. We love you, Lord. Amen.